I have an awesome message that I get to speak tonight. I'm so excited. Can barely contain it. The title of the message tonight is Creating the Habit of Winning. Right? Who doesn't want to win? Who doesn't want to win? I guess you could also say Creating the Habit of Not Losing. One of those should get you, right? So this is from Dr. Savell's Minister's Manual. He wrote it. Of course, Jesus originally wrote it. God originally wrote it. But Dr. Savell made it easy for us. You know, I think to understand the habit of winning, we have to have a real definition about what winning is. Right? And I think to do that, we have to go back to the beginning. Right? What was the beginning? Winning. What was the beginning? Losing. Y'all have to, you're just going to have to flow with me tonight because I came ready. So I can't give you any downtime because I'm on. Okay, are you ready? All right. So if I look at the Garden of Eden and God's plan for winning, right? And he never wanted us to lose, but we know they lost, right? So how would we define losing in that situation? I define it by believing a liar. That's a simple definition of losing. That's how they lost in the very beginning. They simply believed a liar. They believed a lie, right? Over the God of the universe, the God that gave them everything. They decided to listen to someone else. Simple, but so profound, right? How many times do we listen to someone else and it causes loss in our life? Instead of winning. It's God's desire that we win. All the time. All the time. Saints, all the time. 2 Corinthians 2.14 says, But thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumph. Always leads us in triumph. So right from the very start tonight, we're going to address the fact that he wants you to win all the time. And if you're having a problem swallowing that right now, hear me. He wants you to win all the time. All the time. Never be defeated by the enemy. So we have to define who are we playing against. It's not like whoever gets the most money at the end of the ages wins. That's not what we're talking about. It's beating the devil every time. Every time. Refusing to believe his lies. Every time. Knowing the truth above the lie. Going with the truth above the lie. Every time, because that's how you're going to win. First John 5, 4. This church is all about it. Making winners in life. Right? And how do we win? It's our faith that overcomes the world. So it all has comes down to what you choose to believe. What we choose to believe. That's how we're going to win. So Romans 12, 2. We know this verse, very familiar Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The Phillips translation says, don't let the world around you squeeze you into its own mold. So uh, the Apostle Paul is telling us that we have to get rid of the world's way of thinking. Because that is not going to cause winning in your life. As evidence in the Garden of Eden, right? There's always going to be a way of thinking that's not right. So we can't become a victim of the world's way of thinking. We'll never experience God's best in our lives if we continue to think like the world. 
You'll never experience, when we say that again, you'll never experience God's best for your life if you continue to think like the world. So we have to transform the way we think. We have to renew our minds. I love that Dr. Savell, he says in this, um, he talks about this world's way of thinking. When you use the world, the world's way of thinking, what that means is the sum total of the demonic inspired knowledge that influences humans. Right? Who would want to follow the sum total of demonic inspired knowledge that the world listens to? It makes it so plain, doesn't it? James 3, let's, let's, let's um, take a moment and just think about how the world thinks. Let's turn to James 3. James 3. Verse 14. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above. It is earthly, sensual, demonic. So this is the world's thinking we're talking about. It's of the world, it's earthly, it's sensual, it's demonic. And it's evidence as if you have envy or self-seeking. Self-seeking is the same as selfish ambition. Like you want to get ahead. You want, let me rephrase, you want you to get ahead. That's selfish ambition. You want to do better than someone else. Envy, you want what someone else has. Covetous, greedy. It goes on to say those. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. Confusion is not the kind of wisdom I want. (laughs) That's not what's going to lead me to winning, is to be confused. Right? So we don't want that. We know, going back to winning, is that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We have one adversary. Right? And that's the devil. Ephesians 6.12 Wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And 1 Peter 5, 8 defines for us our adversary, the devil. Right? Right? We have one enemy. That's who we're trying to beat all the time. And thanks be to God that Christ already beat him. Right? So all we have to do is enforce that victory. You know, um, it makes me really, like, mm, perturbed when I think that the devil can brag about me to God. Remember when the devil came to Job and, or I mean, came to God and during Job and he's like, you know, where have you been? Oh, just going around your world, you know, doing what I do, having my way. I would be really mad if the devil could say to God, do you see what Nikki did yesterday? I got her. That would make me so mad. That would make me so mad that my God, you know what I mean? He should be able to be, for lack of a better term, proud of me. Because he's given, every, he's given me everything I need to win. And for me to listen to a liar and a loser, and to give de- the devil bragging rights to my God, just, oh, doesn't that just, doesn't that just renew your zeal to not be a loser? I mean, it does me. I don't know, I'm competitive. You know, I don't know if I'm more excited to say, create a habit of winning, as I am, create a habit of not losing. You can say, oh, you know, you can you win. And I'm like, eh, you know, you know, I, you know, Pastor Annette and I, we take on Eric and Pastor Justin in um, games often. And often, we do not win. <laughs> we do not win. And you know what? We don't care because we just enjoy playing, you know. And that's not, the, I mean, it's not like I have to 
We want to win. I mean, don't get me wrong. And we will brag when we win. And we will let them remember it. But um, those are the things, you know what I mean? That's not the game of winning in life. You know what I mean? That's enjoyable. And so I'm going to enjoy it. I hate losing. I hate losing. Can I, can I, get, can I get a witness? Amen. I hate losing. I hate losing. So I've had to learn in the course of my life not to be so competitive in the non-eternal matters. You know? Um, but I, I really, really hate losing. And I hate losing to a loser. Even more. So I don't want to do anything in my life to, to where I make God look bad. Jesus bled and died, guaranteeing me victory. And now it's up to me. I wrote down in my notes, if, you, if I can't win all the time already... What would it take? Can I just pause there for effect? If I can't win all the time, what more can God do for me than he's already done? I want to submit to you, there's nothing more that God can do for you to win. It's up to you now. It's up to each and every one of us. You know, the Bible says, Psalm 119.89 says, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. His word is settled in heaven. You know where it's not settled? Here. Why? Because it's up to you. It's not settled in your heart. It's not settled in my heart. It's settled in heaven. It just takes faith on our part. That's our part, is faith. So we've got to settle it. So when God says something like, by his stripes you were healed, that's got to be so settled to us that there is no doubt. That that's not true. Right. Not, no doubt at all. That's the truth. We decide what we believe. You know, if I, if I get, came in here and, and I said, you know, um, I think I'm going to try to believe Mormonism. Do you try to believe it? No, you, you choose to believe it. Right. You choose whether you're a Mormon or a Christian. Right? right. right? right. You chose what you believe. Right. You could say, I'm, I'm going to try to be an atheist. No. Nobody tries to be an atheist. You either choose to be or you're not. So it's our choice what we believe. Everything we believe is because we chose to believe it. So changing the way we think about anything is our responsibility. Nobody can do that for you. I can stand up here and tell you exactly what the word says. I can stand up here and tell you my hair is red. But if you don't believe me, It doesn't matter what I say. I can tell you my hair is blonde. But you're like, well, it looks a little auburn. There's a little glistening of red. No, it's blonde. Well, I don't know. You know, maybe it once was. I don't know. There might be some gray in there. There's not. There might be some gray in there. (laughs) Maybe your hair is gray. But no matter what I tell you, you still have a choice to believe what you believe. So God has put everything in here that he wants you to believe. And everything he says is true. He's not a man that he can lie. But do you know you still have to decide whether you believe it or not? And at to what level you'll believe it? How deeply you believe it? What you'll do to give it up or not give it up? Now the Bible says he who endures to the end will be saved. I don't know about you, but I am going to endure to the end believing what, I, believing what this word says. 
I don't care what they say. I don't care what happens. I don't care what happens in the government. I don't care. I will believe what God says to the end. I will endure to the end. I will cling to it to the end. I will. I will. And that's the mentality you have to have in order to win. You know, I love that. I I don't remember who said it first, but um, that saying that um, how long does it take? How long will it take? Well, as long as you'll, you know, Dr. Spell says it all the time. As long as you'll stand. Well, but the minute you say it's going, I'll stand forever, then it happens. Because the minute you're, you will not give in, right? That's when faith takes root. That's, that's when it's real faith is when nothing else can convince you otherwise. It's not based on how you feel. It's not based on what you see. It's based on the word of God. And that's where you stand and you can't be shaken. No, the parable, standing on the rock, right? The house put on the rock, it cannot be shaken. That's what faith is. That's what believing God is. So Paul goes on to say in Romans 12, he says, I beseech you. That's how he started it. I beseech you. That means I implore you. I beg you. He's saying this is so important. Don't take this lightly. Do not be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Being totally free of lies takes truth. Right? You cannot. You have to be totally free. You have to, you have to guard the way you think. I, I got to bring this verse out. Give me a second. I'm going to get all over my notes. I'm sorry. Proverbs 25. Proverbs 25. Verse 28. Whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls. Whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls. So back when this was written, you know, cities were guarded by walls, right? And if those walls were broken down, then the enemy could just come right in, do whatever he wanted to do, right? So the greatest protection that a city had were the walls that went around the city. So at night, they would shut the gates, right? When everybody was going to bed, you would shut the gates so nothing could come in to harm the city, right? They would shut the gates. They would have guards on the walls. They would watch for intruders. The walls were built to protect the city and its inhabitants, its enemies, that tried to get in, they had to go over the walls or go through the gates, right? And so, of course, we know the Bible says, keep and guard your heart with all diligence, right? If the enemy could gain access into the city, they could spoil, ravage, kill, steal. They could do whatever they wanted, right? Your mind, how you think, is like the wall to your heart. And anything you let in, if it's from God, it's going to be good. But if it's from the enemy, guess what it's going to do? Steal, kill, or destroy. It's going to try to get in and ravage the city. And it's your choice what you let in. Because you decide, whether we believe it or not, we decide how we think. What you think. You decide what you think on, on a daily basis. I decide what I think on a daily basis. The thought might come to me, oh my gosh, I'm such a loser. I can't ever do anything right. Am I going to believe that thought? Am I going to stop that thought and say, wait a minute, is that thought right? That's our job. 
That's our job. According to second, let's turn to second Corinthians chapter 10. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, verse 4, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. That means every thought that tries to go in, some things, some thoughts, you they're called fiery darts, right? Fiery darts. Why do you have to lift up the shield of faith? Faith is what you believe. So what do you think a fiery dart is? A thought. Because you're going to choose whether you believe it or not when they come. So some thoughts you think aren't your thoughts. Some thoughts are sent to you by the enemy. They don't come out of your heart. They just come into your head. And so you decide. You've got to capture every thought. Bring it into captivity. Examine it. Decide, is this from God or not from God? If it's not from God, you've got to cast it down. You don't think on it. You don't take it in, mutter over it, think on it. Oh, like, yeah, you know, maybe I am a loser. Is that what the Bible says you are? Is that what God says you are? No. Maybe I'm destined to be a horrible parent. I'll never be a good parent. I don't have the wisdom to be a good parent. Is that what the Bible says? Do you not have access to all wisdom? The throne of grace? To go to get help? And so those are the things that you think on. When thoughts come, you have to take them and snare them in captivity. And say, okay, is this right or is this wrong? Apply the word of God to it. If it's not, you cast it out. You don't give it a second thought. You don't let it in. It says, what did Proverbs 25 say? He that has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls. If you're just letting every thought come in, you're going to lose. Because those thoughts are meant to ravage the city. You're, you're going to be so confused by the end of the day, you don't know what you think. Because you haven't, you haven't lifted up a standard. You haven't set a standard that says, no, what I believe has to match the word of God. If it doesn't match the word of God, I don't believe it. Because that's how you win. How do we win? Faith is what overcomes the world. Faith in what? God. What God says. I'm never going to be healthy if I don't believe I can be healthy. I'm never going to be a good parent if I don't believe I can be a good parent. I'm never going to be a good spouse if I don't think I can be a good spouse. I'm never going to be a good employee if I think I'm stupid. It all starts with your thoughts. And your thoughts will always influence your feelings. Oh, she's not going to my feelings. Is she going to my feelings? Yes, I'm going to your feelings. Because so many of us think that, you know, how we feel is, is just the way it is. If that's the way I feel, that's the way. if I'm depressed, I'm just depressed. I don't know how I get depressed. I'll tell you how you got depressed. You thought something. Right. Feelings will always follow thoughts. You can't have a feeling apart from a thought. I promise you. But it's up to you to believe it. I'm submitting to you the truth, but it's up to you whether you believe it. So some of us are just so ruled by our emotions. And so we're not winning. We're not winning because we're so ruled by how we feel. You want a scripture on that? Let's turn to 2 Peter. Let's go to 2 Peter. Let's go...
I had to get a new Bible, so you'll have to give me a few minutes. I've got to find it. I'm going to be quicker to look at my notes. Second <clears throat> Peter 1. Let's start in verse 4. By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. Now, if I said to you, I promise I'm going to give you a new car. I promise you I'm going to give you a new car. But you don't believe me. It doesn't matter that I promised you the new car. If I say, if you come to my house today, I'm giving you keys to a new car. And you just think, give me a break, Nikki. You're not giving me a new car. And you never show up. Guess what? You ain't never getting the keys. Now, here's a verse that says we've been given all kinds of precious promises. That through these you may be partakers of the divine nature. Does anybody think God's a loser? That's not his nature? And I'm a partaker of that nature? To never be a loser. Okay. So I have promises that make me a winner. Partaker of the divine nature. Having escaped, here we go, the corruption that is in the world through lust. There's a big key right there. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. It goes on to say, but also for this very reason, this very reason that you've escaped the world, that escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust, for this very reason, give all diligence. That means eagerness, speed. Be speedy about this, what he's about to say. You want to be speedy about this. Add to your faith virtue. That's excellence. That's valor. That's strength of mind. Add to your faith virtue. Add to virtue knowledge. That means, guys, when we get saved, praise God, hallelujah, we're going to heaven. We've been redeemed. But if you don't find out what that means, if you just think, oh, I think that's a great church word, redeemed. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. But you don't know what that means? It's not going to help you when the rubber meets the road. Add to your virtue knowledge. That means get in here, find out what it means, maybe even buy a dictionary or a concordance come or come to church and let pastor tell us what these words mean in the original Greek, right? So that we can learn, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control. Why? Because once you know, now you can control yourself. In fact, you have to. Control yourself if you want to keep moving forward. Add to your knowledge self-control. To self-control perseverance. Well, so self-control is that, okay, I'm not going to mouth off to that girl next to me at work anymore. I'm going to self-control. I'm self-control. I'm going in. I'm not mouthing off to her today. I'm going to be a good employee. I'm not going to talk about my boss. I'm not going to say one bad thing about my boss, no matter what my boss does, no matter that I think my boss... Doesn't matter what I think about my boss, right? Self-control. And then to self-control, perseverance. I'm going to do that day after day after day after day after day after day and after day. Because I can. Yes, I can. Oh, yes, I can. I can. Self-control, perseverance. He who endures to the end will be saved. That's winning. To perseverance, godliness. You know what godliness is? Reverence. Reverence for God. Not just because it was your religious tradition, but because you love him so much. It's a reverence. 
from a place of adoration. You know what that means? That means I'm going to do right because I don't want to make him look bad. I love him. I love him. I want him to be able to brag to the devil about me. You see my servant Job? You see my servant Nikki? Everyone else is doing it wrong. Wickedness filling the earth. But hey, what about Noah? That preacher of righteousness over there. Because guess what? God only needs one. God only needs one. 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 Add to godliness, brotherly kindness, or brotherly kindness love. And it goes on to say, for if these things are yours, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful. That sounds like winning to me. Neither barren nor unfruitful. I will never not be bearing fruit if these things are mine. I will always bear fruit in the devil's face, bearing fruit. Always bearing fruit. It goes on to say, and you will never stumble. Come on, Kenny, give me something. Never stumble if these things belong to you. If these are yours, you will never stumble. That's winning. That's winning. He will never trip me up. He will never trip me up. That's right. That's right. See, we have to get more serious about this winning thing. He will never trip me up. He will never frustrate me. He will never confuse me. He will never make me angry. He will never make me talk about someone. He will never make me fear. He will never make me doubt. I will never stumble. I know my God so well. I will never stumble. And we can't sit there in church and think, well, I mean, it doesn't mean always. Wait a minute. Always leads me to triumph. Always leads me to triumph. He always wants me to win. He's an ever-present help in time of trouble. He will always help me win. It just takes me yielding. That's right. Remember, we go back to that corruption that's in the world through lust. Oh, maybe I should go back there. You know what lust says? We always say it like this in my house. Um, I don't wanna. Or, yeah, but I wanna. That's how lust talks. Because it wants what it wants. And it doesn't want what it doesn't want. It doesn't want to clean the house. I don't want to. Right? It it doesn't want. I mean, you know, you guys know. You you could sit down with your Bible and all of a sudden the TV just hallmark Christmas movies. Sounds so wonderful. But that's that's the way the world thinks. They're, They're moved by pleasure. That's what lust is. It's a desire for things that are pleasurable. Sometimes, you guys, discipline isn't always pleasurable. Training isn't always pleasurable. You know what I say the best thing about exercise is? When it's over. (laughs) I'm so glad I did it, and I'm so glad it's over. It's not enjoyable. Even the Bible says it's not enjoyable in the present. But it's marvelous. It's working something in you, right? So we can't be like the world where we're just have a desire for pleasure, carnal appetite, pleasing to the senses. Remember, we go back to the the wisdom that's of earthly, sensual. It's not from above. If it's just pleasing to your senses, that may not be wisdom from above. That's right. 
Wisdom from above doesn't say, you know, when you get home every day, sit on the sofa and eat cupcakes <laughs> for the rest of the night. I mean, it feels so good. Just, you know, relax. Relax. Every night, go to the pancake house. You know, eat pancakes. Who needs bacon? Go for the syrup. Bacon, yeah. Kenny needs bacon. But it can't just be always pleasing to the senses. You know, I saw, I saw a preview coming out. I think the world, God love them. They're so stupid. You guys, the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. If you have no fear of the Lord, you're not even at the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And some people just have no fear of the Lord at all. No reverence for him at all. So what do they do? They create movies with titles like Babylon. Coming out, guys. It's coming out. I don't recommend it. I don't even know anything about it, except for the preview I saw for it. And does anyone know what the word Babylon means? Comes from the word Babel. Remember? Tower of Babel. So then it was called Babylon. Guess what it means? Confusion. Confusion. Guess what this movie... I mean, from all appearances, guess what this movie is about? Yeah. And guess how it manifests. That's the thing, though. You would never guess how it manifests. What it's about is no restraints. It's like sin has an open door. Do whatever you want. Do whatever feels good. Whatever's pleasing to the senses. That's confusion. People who can't even tell what's good for you and what's not. Let me say that again. When you can't even tell what's good for you and what's not. You have no restraints. You're just going to do it all. You can't even tell darkness from light. That's not winning. That's not winning. Psalm 19.7 says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. If you want to know the way that seems right, if you want to know how to think right, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. You've got to go back to what we said about 2 Corinthians 10. You've got to bring every thought into captivity to the word of God. This word of God will convert your soul. It will teach you the right way to think, even the right way to feel. This word of God. It will correct your feelings and your thinking. Dr. Savell said, transformation begins with changing your information. <laughs> transformation begins by changing your information. Colossians 3.15 says, let... You have to let, I have to let, the word of God dwell in me richly. Richly. That means it's got to go in deep and it's got to govern every area of my life. You know, one of my other favorite verses, I think it's Ephesians 3.8. It says, let me turn there real quick. The unsearchable riches of Christ. If we will let the word govern our lives, I promise you, you will experience the unsearchable, unlimited riches of Christ. There's nothing you'll be lacking. God promises you will lack no good thing. You know, the history of the Israel. let me go back to that. The history of the Israelites, I don't know where I put that in my notes either, but 
they get out into the wilderness and you know God's delivering has delivered them by a mighty hand his outstretched arm by all these wonders and miracles brought them out of bondage he's bringing them to a new place to prosper them to make them great to make their name great and they get out there and what do they start saying I want to go back this is too hard they want to go back where meat was Because in the present moment, there wasn't meat. If that's not pleasing your senses and not seeing the big picture, I don't know what is. Can you imagine saying you'd rather go back and be a slave than go with God? They were limiting their lives. They were being satisfied with minimums. Instead of pressing forward because they could not see how better life could be. But the whole time God was leading them, teaching them, trying to take them there. You know, Jesus said it's easy. Guys, it's easy. It's, he promised his yoke is easy. He'll lead you there. He will lead you into triumph. But changing the way you think. Anyone ever tried to break a habit? It takes a little bit, but you can do it. They say 21 days, so they say. I don't know if that's true or not, but 21 days, you can break a habit. I think the word of God can break a habit in a moment. It says, John 8, 32, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. It will make you free. But you've got to know the truth. Successful living is a result of your habits. I know I'm probably preaching to the choir because y'all are in church on a Wednesday night. To all of you not in church on Wednesday night, where are y'all? This is a good habit. (laughs) I was telling someone the other day, I think when Eric and I got married and Drew was born, before we moved here, let's say it was probably 19 years of his life, we did not... Miss a church service. I could count on these two hands the number of church services we missed in 19 years. And that includes Wednesdays. You want to know how to get smart? Go to church. Go to church. Soak up every word that the minister brings you. You'll learn so much. I I I don't, other than read, I mean, I don't know which I learned. You know, you can't ever tell. You know, you go to college and you get graduate from college and you're like, did I learn that in college or I don't know where I picked that up. You don't remember what you learned and when and where, right? I don't know if I learned more reading my Bible or being in church. I don't know. I think it's a 50-50 thing because half of what I learned went deeper because of how I heard it in church. When you hear examples, it just cements it for you, doesn't it? And so you hear the word, like you may hear Pastor, or Dr. Savell or Pastor Justin say a scripture and you know, they'll preach on it for like six weeks. And it just gets in you. Whereas you didn't read it for six weeks, but you heard it over and over and over and over again. Faith comes by hearing. Church is so great for hearing. It is so great for hearing. I can honestly say that I am where I am today because of church. The Bible and church. And I don't really know. I mean, thankfully I was in a church that was preaching the Bible. Right? But yeah, 
It's a good habit to get in. Church is a good habit. The Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober, be vigilant. Remember your adversary. What is be sober means sober-minded. You've got to take control of how you think. You've got to seriously consider how you think. And then be vigilant. Another translation says be circumspect. Well, circumspect is look at, look at it from all angles. Anything that comes your way, you've got to look at it from all angles. Any words that come your way, any thoughts that come your way, you look at it from every angle. Be vigilant. You don't just accept what people say. In fact, Paul, and I mean, Paul, told, when he went to the church in Berea, he told them, research the scriptures on whether I tell you what I'm telling you is true. And they did. It's our responsibility to take the word of God, what we hear out there, what we hear on the news, what we hear from a friend, what we hear from our parents, whatever, and compare it to what this says. Does, is that what the word says? Did the Holy Spirit confirm that word in me? Or was there a pause when I heard that? If there's a pause, then you better check it out. You are an alive human being who God gave a mind. Use it. We all have to use it. I'm talking to myself. I'm not just talking to you. We have to use our minds. We can't just do what people tell us to do. You've got to think for yourself. Right? Now, I'm going to go to the doctor, and doctors have wisdom, and they have medical advice, and I'm going to listen to them for the most part. But if I get a check in my spirit, I'm going to go home, I'm going to pray about that. Because my doctor is not my God. My God knows me better than anybody. He knows what will work and what will not work, and they're going by what usually works for a usual person. Right? But it's our responsibility to go to God. Nobody should be your God but God. No one. No one. We sing that song. No one, no one, no one. Right? You got to spend time with your God if you want to win. Because he's going to tell you how to win. He, the Holy Spirit's going to come. He's going he's to confirm the word to you about how to win. That's his job. The Holy Spirit is your helper. Do you know what a helper does? Helps. He doesn't do it for you. He helps you do it. So the Holy Spirit's going to come and he's going to say, the Bible says, he's going to offer you the tool you need to win. But whether or not you apply that tool is up to you. He can't apply it for you. You actually have to take the word, take the tool, and use it. That's our responsibility. He's our helper, but he can't do it for us. I have a precious friend. Who, this, who over the past couple weeks had a surgery. And when she went into surgery and came out of surgery, it was supposed to take like an hour and a half, and instead it took like five. Because once they got in there, they realized there was more that they had to deal with than what they originally anticipated. So when she came out, there was more recovery, right, that was going to be needful, and more things that she was going to be confronted with, you know, in the hospital. And um, she told me, well, these were her exact words. I'm bragging on her because this is how we should be. She said to me, well, I just decided I can be pitiful or I can be powerful. So you have a choice in that moment. What are you going to believe? It wasn't what you expected. Okay, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to be pitiful? Are you going to moan and groan through it? Or are you going to be powerful? 
Because it's just a choice you make. I make. She makes. I can be pitiful or I can be powerful. And it's completely up to us. We limit ourselves when we think like the world. We limit ourselves. What would happen if we had God's perspective on every situation? Think about that. We can have God's perspective on every single situation. Every single situation, we can have God's perspective. It would remove impossible from your vocabulary. There's nothing you would look at and you would think that would be impossible. God never says that. He never says that. Well, I don't think I could ever forgive that person. God never says that. Never says that. Well, you know, I can try to like them, but I'll never love them. Thank God he never says that. He never says that. Well, I don't think they're deserving of mercy. Then you're not deserving of mercy. I didn't say that. It's in your Bible. Who's deserving of mercy? See, God never says that. He never says stuff like that. He never thinks someone's too far gone. He never thinks there's something you can't do. When Drew was little, Eric was vigilant about Drew never saying the words, I can't. Why? Because anytime you let your kid believe a lie, it's in the gate. And it will tear down their city. So he was vigilant. Drew would say, I can't do that, Dad. He'd be like, not yet, but you will. Keep trying. You know, there's a great kids movie. Oh, I can't think of the title. And there's a theme in the movie where he says, keep moving forward. Meet the Robinsons. And, and the guy, the, 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 the main character in the movie, his slogan for life is keep moving forward. Just keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. That goes back to the Israelites. They wanted to go back. We never go back. We keep moving forward. You keep moving forward. God will never not help you keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. And so to Drew, we just kept helping him. You know, there's going to be things in your life that aren't natural abilities and talents of your children. But you know what, parents? I think one of the biggest mistakes a parent can make is to say these words. Oh, I wasn't good at math either. You just gave them an excuse to not excel, to not expect God to help because you didn't expect God to help. Don't limit your children because I'm not going to limit my son because I limited myself. I want him to go beyond what I do. I want him to go to know his God better than I know my God. I mean, I, I don't want him to know him better than me, but I mean, because that, that, you know, I want to win, but you know what I'm saying? I mean, every generation should get better, not worse, not worse, no more, no more, no more. Guys, we cannot give our children excuses. No more. There's no excuses. It is time for the church to win. Jesus Christ said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That sounds like winning to me. Every time, every time we should be winning. It's time for us to get serious about winning. Create a habit of winning. Refuse to not win. 
if you have to stop and examine, okay, whoa, 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 whoa. I am not winning in this area. What is going on? What word am I not applying here? Because there's a lack of faith somewhere. Maybe I don't know the word. I'm ignorant of the word. So I get the word. I've got to get the word. Any area where you're not winning, we have to become determined, eager, speedy to get the word so we can win. And then apply the word to win. Because guys, they're looking for winners out there. I know I probably say this every time, Joseph. But if not you, who? The Israelite story, going back to that, is not only did they want to return to Egypt, in the course of their lives, over time, they started having kings. First, first of all, they didn't want God anymore. They wanted a king. And then when they got kings, those kings wanted to worship other gods. It's like they couldn't even figure out all they needed was God. Right. Y'all, all we need is God. Yes. There's nothing else, nothing else. No one, no one, no one. There's nothing else. All you need is God. You know, I'll say it again because I, um, the minister out of East Texas said, Shamak, all you need, you don't have any problems. All you need is faith in God. All you need is faith in God. Now, I know that sounds simplistic, but it's the truth. And it's up to us to believe it. And see, when it's simple, it should be easy to believe. All you need is faith in God. That's a habit of winning. What God says is settled forever. So settle it in your heart. i got to settle it in my heart so we can win. We need to win all the time and then teach them how it's done. You know how it's done? By believing my God. By believing the only God. The only true God. That's creating a habit of winning. We got to win. I love pastor's verse. I mean, if, if, if I've heard it once, I've heard it 16 times in his 16 part message. But Psalm 71, 15. I will tell of your righteousness. That means his ability to make it right. He is righteous. I will tell of your righteousness and your salvation, for I do not know their limits. There is no limit to him saving you. There is no limit to him making things right in your life. No limit to his righteousness and salvation. But it starts out by saying, tell, tell. That means you say it. You say it. I say it. We have to say it. Do you know what reveals what you're thinking? What you're saying. If you don't know what you think about a situation, start listening to yourself. Talk, just in passing. You'll be surprised by what you say. Put a guard over your mouth. Right? And start getting in here what you really choose to believe. So that it starts coming out here. You know, God said to Ezekiel, speak to the dry bones. You know those dry bones would have never moved had Ezekiel not spoken? Church, it's up to us to speak what God says to speak so that it can happen. It's simple obedience. It's choosing to speak, choosing what you speak, choosing what you believe. And then we win. So simple. 
So simple. And there's no limits. No limits to his goodness. No limits to his ability to save. No limits to his righteousness. His ability to make things right. Execute righteousness on behalf of us. So, as a reminder, the rest of this week, before we come in on Sunday, let's take time to examine what we're thinking. Strongholds aren't built in a day. It's what you think over and over and over and over again. But you know what? The Bible says that God can be a strong tower. You can make God a stronghold by tearing down wrong thoughts and building right thoughts. Building right walls, right? To keep the enemy out. So we've got to examine what we're thinking. Because God wants us winning. And it starts with how we think. Right? So let's just make a determination for the rest of this week. We're going to think about what we're thinking about. And we're going to change the way we think according to the word of God. Anything that comes up contrary to what God says, that should make you mad too. It makes me mad. Anything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Can you imagine something exalting itself against God? And that's what the devil does when he tries to tell you a lie and get you to buy a lie. He's saying, I'm going to get them to believe this. And then I am their God. Mm. So we've got to capture every thought and say, who is telling me this? And let me just remind you, God will never tell you something that tears you down. He will always, the Bible says, the word of prophecy, encourage, comfort. Encourage means lend you courage. Anytime the word comes, it should give you courage that you're going to do better. That you're going to get it. You're going to win. That's what the word of God comes to do. Is to encourage you. To give you courage to fight back. So any thought, any thought that's contrary to that. Cast down right away. And start changing the way we think. So we're not pitiful. We're powerful. Amen. Amen. Pastor.